great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you very much, Rita Cosby. We have a lot to get to this morning. First, Ukraine. Keep tightening the screws on Putin. It it has been, as far as the sanctions, a drip, drip, drip approach but hopefully it will work soon hopefully we we will see but 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 uh hopefully it it seems that it's not even a matter of if russia is committing war crimes It's already a foregone conclusion looking at the video that we're seeing around the world. So the very latest information, the U.S. and the European Union are going to impose new stiff sanctions against Russia in retaliation for the war crimes, which will be announced later on today. So the European Union, the executive branch, uh, proposed a ban on coal imports from Russia and what would be the first sanctions targeting Moscow's uh, lucrative uh, energy income, which, of course, has been used for this war, and the coal inputs amounts to an estimated $4 billion a year. Also announced tonight, the U.S. is sending up to 100 million in additional military aid to Ukraine. The State Department and Pentagon announced the military funding uh, will go towards a javelin uh, anti-armor systems, and uh, that is expected uh, to happen uh, soon. And tonight's uh, announcement marks the uh, sixth such time that the U.S. has has uh, made for U.S. for Ukraine, excuse me, since uh, August, uh, in terms of 1.7 billion in total, uh, in terms of military aid. Okay, so Ukraine is one of our topics, and of course, we are taking your telephone calls. 800-848-W A B C eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. A follow up on the city lawyer fired after confronting Mayor Eric Adams on the um, the uh, children mask. Um, now, it turns out this lawyer, she's represented New York City in high-profile cases, and now she is going to be suing the city. So the city says that their response does not pass the smell test. The city says that they planned on getting rid of her, right? But she was already on maternity leave. So she hasn't been in the office for 
several months. I mean, who knows? The lawyers will work this out, but get ready to cut that check. I mentioned uh, last night, and I want to follow up on this, the uh, Black Lives Matter situation, $6 million mansion reportedly purchased, according to New York Magazine, with donated funds. Now, you have to give it to them. They have a lot of taste with your money. These organizers of Black Lives Matter, they have a lot of taste with your money. So the mansion is in Studio City. And it sold in October 2020 for close to $6 million. A shell company. I mean, you can't make this up, folks. A shell company connected to Black Lives Matter purchased a home. Now, this home comes with a complete soundstage, a music studio, of course, a pool, a two-bedroom guest house, marble-lined bathrooms, not one fireplace, three fireplaces, including one imported from Italy, recess lighting, of course, digital cameras, thermostats, a private yard with um, an elaborate uh, playset and um, all types of things, seven bedrooms, seven bathrooms. A group which is known as the National Legal and Policy Center, a government watchdog group, has blasted this purchase of this luxury mansion by Black Lives Matter, a nonprofit, if you will, and is also criticizing its lack of transparency. And so the uh, final topic that I want to get to tonight is what am I missing here? What am I not understanding? The New York City Council majority, and these are folks that are mostly far, far left, they're calling on Mayor Eric Adams to end what they are calling the cruel homeless encampment sweeps. So in other words, the mayor that has vowed to clean up the city and get rid of these uh, encampments, the city council says it's cruel for the mayor to do so. Now, here is one area where I definitely agree with Mayor Adams. And in just one second, we're going to your telephone calls. We will start with the calls. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. So the mayor says, Mayor Adams, there's nothing dignified about living on the streets. The mayor and I agree. The mayor says some of the encampments that have been witnessed had human waste, had needles inside, had trash inside. We owe New Yorkers more than that. Sounds perfectly reasonable to me. I don't see anything uh, wrong with the mayor's approach with this. So what am I missing? Because the city council says it's cruel 
to get rid of these encampments. So maybe folks, it, maybe I, maybe there's something that I am just not understanding because I don't understand the logic of the city council. You can't get rid of these encampments fast enough as far as I'm concerned. Let's start with your uh, telephone calls. Let's begin with uh, Joseph in the Bronx. Good morning, Joseph. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, good morning, uh, Dominic. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you. Uh, so basically, Sam. I just wanted to comment. Bri- yeah, I wanted to comment briefly <clears throat> with regard to these disgusting uh, black on Asian and uh, black on Jewish uh, assaults, absolutely, and gang assaults, absolutely, that are going on in in New York City, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, pretty much with regard to the you know crime stats, I don't want to actually. I'm reluctant to actually make statements without backing them up with factual, objective information. Okay. So that, so that being said, I want to direct your audience to one source where you can get the information on the black crime stats. You're familiar with Charles Murray, of course. Well, go ahead. I'm waiting for the website. I want to hear what you're going to say. Okay. Uh, so basically it's the uh, newnation.org, O-R-G. Okay, I, I'm not familiar with it, but go ahead. Okay, so basically, I mean, the disparities uh, in crime, violent crime, are just way out of proportion with regard to the black population. They're only 13% of the U.S. population, as I mentioned before, and they commit over 50% of all murders nationwide. In the city, New York, in New York City, the proportions are even worse because in New York, blacks only comprise about 24% of the population, but they're responsible for approximately 84% of the shootings. They're responsible for well over 70% of the uh, stabbings and assaults. And they're disproportionately represented in other violent crimes, hey, such Joseph, as robbery. And, 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 as, yeah. I've, as I've said before, um, and I, I almost want to say I'm being sarcastic, but I'm not. Uh, you know, we, we, we have one or two of our listeners that don't want me to talk about things like that um, because I'm letting out the and, – and I didn't let out the secret of the black community. Ben Ward talked about this, what, the former police commissioner maybe 30, 40 years ago. And so, you know, I, I even have personal friends that don't want me to discuss uh, the situation as it as it relates to – black on black crime and and uh, what what I'm told Joseph uh by by uh one or two uh, of the callers that call up here is that well you never focus on white on white crime you never focus on what white people are doing dominic you're always talking about what black people are doing well Joseph I I was silent on not commenting on black on black crime for about 15 seconds here tonight um but and it's not funny because it's it's a really, really, really sad situation. It is really sad. There are many reasons for it, but I'm I'm not trying to um hear the kumbaya moment and make a million excuses. That's that's not where I'm coming from, Joseph. And I, I thank you for the call. My my answer to all of this is that um it has to stop. And um I don't understand why it's happening. It's embarrassing. Um, and it, it's, it's as simple as that. Let's go to Sergeant 
Major Mike, our friend at Fort Dix in New Jersey. Good morning. What's on your mind? Hi, sir, and good morning. Great to good talk morning. to you. Good morning. Hey, quick question for your good buddy. Does Eric Adams have anything better to do as a mayor for the greatest city on earth than to waste taxpayer money and worry about what's going down on the Sunside Street? Sunside Street, Florida. No, no, no I, 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 I'm going to let you finish. I hear okay. you, but what the city has said is that city money they're was not, not you, right. Okay. They're not paying for that. So go ahead. Yeah, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll, believe, that, like, I'll believe that like Trump lost the 2020. But anyway, and trust me, those board, billboards aren't, aren't cheap. Right. Oh, of course at, not. Uh, of course but anyway, not. apparently the man didn't even read this bill, which is now a law. This is just a total con job. Thanks for taking my call and your thoughts, of course. Me, sir, and thanks. And, and I look a- forward to chatting chatting with you when you do call. Thank you very much uh, for the uh, call. Let's go to Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Miguel in Flushing, good morning, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Miguel, are you with me? Are you with me? No? Okay, let's go to David in San Diego, California. David, I believe you want to talk about Ukraine? Yes. Hi, Dominic. I I expect that in a short amount of time, the West will stop with the sanctions because they're not having the desired effect. And I think we're going to go to offering incentives for Russia to pull back or do something. We've been doing this in Iran, and we've been doing it for decades in North Korea. And I think that's where it's going to end up. Well, you, you may be on to something, whether whether it's a punitive or or a concession in terms of uh, whatever it may be in the form of, as long as the pain stops right now, David, I think that the global community uh, will accept that. We may not be happy with it, but I think that uh, throughout the world it will be accepted because things just cannot continue at the uh, at the rate where where they are going, I thank you for the call all the way from San Diego, uh, California. Thank you so much. Let's go to Frank in uh, Jefferson, New Jersey. Good morning, Frank. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Love your show when I'm going home from work. So well, it thank helps you. Me, uh, keep up. Thank you, and uh, drive carefully. Thank you. Uh, so Black Lives Matter, from what I see with this mansion, I think they're going to try to use it as kind of a church like Scientology has. Right, I, right, I can right. see this getting a lot bigger. Right. I can see if anything happens, a lot of celebrities are going to come to their aid, and they're going to say this is an education center for their own indoctrination. Right. Right. Now everything right. Right. is going to be used as racism against their right. students. Right, right, That's right. That's what I see. Right. Hey, hey, Frank, let, let me... Let me um let me ask you a question. Can you explain this to me? Because I'm a bit baffled. Maybe there are investigations that we don't know about, but where are the criminal investigations for how this money has been spent? It is being pushed under the rug uh, because it's going into the right hands that are the wrong hands. We all know this uh, because those who are going to be investigated are actually going to be called out as racist. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, kids kids that look like me, Frank, are 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 ones that that could use a lot of help, a lot of assistance, and that type of money could go a long, long, long way. And when Americans and remember now, that's one of the houses. If we're talking about three point two million 
in real estate. A house in Canada, a house in uh, Atlanta, I believe. One one in L.A. that has a a uh, a uh, helicopter uh, port. So imagine that, you know, Black Lives Matter. And when, when you're working on behalf of the community and you need to land your helicopter, your personal helicopter, which you purchased this year, you'll have a personal uh, landing strip at your home. That's going to benefit the community. And so with out-of-control crime, with the gap in the education system, and some states, African-Americans are, are four years behind their white counterparts in school. And you're taking this badly needed money to enrich yourself. And nobody, I don't even think anybody's been issued a subpoena. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing being done. And now I will enter into the January 6th uh, matter. What some of the people did January 6th at the Capitol was downright wrong. And in many cases, they're getting what they have coming to them. However, however, how do we come down so hard on them and Black Lives Matter, the leaders, with all of this money, all of this moolah going into their pockets, apparently nobody says anything, nobody sees anything. All we know is... Black Lives Matter. And notice, notice folks, now that they've, now that they got the money, notice Black Lives Matter is not as big as it used to be. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed in, in cities that people unfortunately are dying like flies, uh, victims to crime? Where's Black Lives Matter? Where, where are they? Are they are they joining the police commissioner for an announcement? Are are they joining county executives for an announcement? No. What we know is, like we we I'm going to be talking to our friend Jennifer in Boston, the the woman up in Boston that was affiliated with Black Lives Matter. There, this rocket scientist took a grant from the district attorney, in which she was supposed to take. 10 kids from under uh, privileged communities on a field trip to Philadelphia. And she's under federal indictment because the money went to getting her nails down, done staying at hotels and for her and her husband, she's under federal indictment as we speak for taking the money and spending it on herself. So let's go to Jennifer in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Yeah, you speak of the lovely Monica Cannon Grant. What a uh, talk about the lowest of the low, these people, Dominic. This is like people that, you know, they sell you uh, medicine that's going to help cure you and it's going to do nothing for you. It's the same thing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because mm-hmm. a lot of this country it, it is so divided now. What they have done to this nation 
pushing, you know, everything now is CRT, all these corporations, cause, which goes on to a greater thing with ESG scores and the Great Reset and all that. This was all, this was what needed to happen in order for all of this other stuff to go forward. Hopefully some night you can cover it or some night you can get into that. But this is a horrible, horrible thing. And I look at people like you and up here in, in Boston, the Reverend Eugene Rivers. I don't know that you know him. I He's don't. Rem- he is a remarkable man, a trained theologian from Harvard. He is so into the community and wanting for young people to do well and do right and live beautiful lives. And he's, you know, we had a woman um, shot up here, I think it was last summer, on her back porch. And he was the only one that I heard say it's because one of her grandchildren was suspected of being, you know, chased after with a gun. Right. Uh, because of activities that he was involved with. No shady one else shady activities, it. correct. And it happens all the time. And yet he, this uh, Eugene Rivers, Reverend Rivers, he does what you do. He mentors, he's there in the community, he cares, and he speaks the truth. And he catches flack for it just like you do. And he's a remarkably decent man. And I think it's a shame that you have all these race hustlers out there trying to make dime off of good people who are in need. And even when there are bad things happening in the community, you know, against blacks, whether it's whatever the situation, point it out. Let's make it better. But don't just do it for your own profit. It's a disgrace. And mm-hmm. they're all just a bunch of fake, phony frauds. And they're all out for themselves. Because look at Dominic, we're getting rid of uh, exam schools. We're, we're, you know, why aren't, they, why aren't they having programs like you were talking about before, like Monica Cannon Grant was supposed to do. Why don't they take kids on trips? Why don't they uh, give them college educations? Pay, you know what I mean? Pay for scholarships. They're doing none of it. None of it. There's so much that could be done. Set up summer camps for inner city kids. My family, we used to have a child from Roxbury in Boston, which at the time was, was still crime ridden, but it was horrible back then. And this girl came and stayed with us for almost three months every year. And I loved her to death. I always will. Slept in the same bed. She was one of the best people, best kids I ever knew. And why can't we promote more uh, wellness, you know, a holistic wellness, you know, um, get education better? Why do they put up with the crap in the Democratic-run cities and the teachers union? Why don't they assist on charter schools, school vouchers? It it makes me crazy, Dominic, because if people really care, this is what they would do to help people go forward and live a good life. And not well, get caught up in the madness of the, of the streets and, you know, the thug life, so to speak, and aggrandize that. It's right, not good. Right. You know, so right. thanks for well, letting me well, You're very kind. Jennifer, I, I thank you for the call. You said something that just stuck in my in my head here. The race hustlers. And think about this for a second, folks. So I went to school undergraduate, State University of New York, college at Cortland, uh, on a full ride on a full ride and um, it was called the, it's still called the educational opportunity program in which they took a gamble on kids that, um, and it's not an affirmative action program because there are more white students in the program than there are kids of color. Um, But they took a, they take a chance on kids that, that may not meet the traditional um, acceptance uh, standards. And so, Myself, I I had attended five high schools in four years, but 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 I but I made it in, and I think it was about twenty thousand a year to to go to school there. 
of course, it's it's much more now. Now, graduate school at Syracuse University was a lot of money that that required uh, some student loans. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to pay him back, but um, I want you to think about this because, and I've got to take a break. But as Jennifer was um, speaking, let's say let's say if you go to school in state, that it, it's going to run you. Let's say twenty five to thirty thousand a year, right? Let's just say for argument's sake, uh, maybe even push it to forty thousand a year, right? So divide six million. By forty thousand, six million, the cost of of this Black Lives Matter purchase, uh, the the mansion, right? The uh, that has um, uh, seven bedrooms and seven bathrooms. So divide six million by forty thousand, and that's just one of the properties. And that's how many kids you could have sent to college to change their life. Forever. This is disgusting. I'll be right back with your telephone calls. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I heard you were looking for me. Hello. You know. I know. And we are back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. So the homeless story. I am trying to figure out what am I not understanding. I I believe I'm a very compassionate person. And I have always felt that it is not compassionate to let the homeless just do whatever they want to do destroying Penn Station. I don't know about you folks, but but I, I'm afraid to go to the bathroom in Penn Station. If nature calls and you got to go to the bathroom in Penn Station, you got to walk past the guys that are literally with their clothes, at least in the men's room, with their clothes off and they're ba- the homeless guys and they're bathing. And you look at them and you don't know what their reaction is going to be to you. And to just leave them on the street and let them do whatever. I see all of the telephone calls on the homeless. I'm going to it in just one second. So, again, what Mayor Adams has said, and and he and I agree on this, um, I, I am a little worried about the mayor's ego, to be honest with you, this situation with this city lawyer and, you know, it just wasn't smart to get rid of her like this. If you plan on firing her, okay, wait six months and do it quietly. But to be so arrogant to do it within an hour of her crashing your news conference. I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor, if your little ego was bruised. I'm sorry. Now, it is a security issue. And and she can't go around Pretending, some of you, many of you have sent me emails saying that everybody has a right. No, you don't have a right to crash the mayor's news conference. It is only for credited media. And the way that we determine this, that this has been a very drawn out political process, is via the police department of New York City. They issue the press credentials. And without that press credential, you are not seen as a legitimate 
uh, uh, reporter, if you will, but the homeless issue. So the council majority says to the mayor, it's cruel to get rid of these uh, homeless encampments. What's cruel about it? So (laughs) this progressive caucus comprises of uh, 34 of the council's 51 members, and it includes uh, Speaker Adrian Adams of Queens. And they issued this demand in a lengthy statement. And this comes as budget negotiations are underway between the mayor's team and the council. And they are saying, the council members, that it doesn't make sense for the mayor to do this, the dismantling of homeless uh, encampments, while at the same time calling for a 20% spending cut at the Department of Social Services as part of his preliminary um, budget. And they are saying here by demolishing the street encampments, the mayor is telling people, many of whom have nowhere else to go, that they don't belong. No, that's not what the mayor is saying. We all belong, all of us. But it's not compassionate to just let them wander around the street and literally building makeshift homes It's not sanitary. It's not safe. Yes, there's a tremendous problem with the shelter system. And the new mayor needs to start by getting rid of almost half of those clowns that run the the shelter system. One of the worst kept secrets in New York, you have some great people that work for city government, and you have some people that should have long gone from city government because they're not competent for the jobs that they hold. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Good morning, Norman, and welcome to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, first first of all, uh, I'm honored to follow Jennifer. Um, I love her. Anyway, getting back to the uh, getting back to the uh, my thoughts on the homeless. I, 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 yes, we have a homeless problem, but I don't think rousting them is necessarily the answer the reason why they're out there is because they're dangerously addicted we have a drug problem we have to deal with crack cocaine heroin fentanyl all those wonderful things that has strung out all these people and if they're not going to get serious with drugs um these people are just going to be find another place to get off and that that's my opinion. Until we get serious with drugs, and I, I believe okay, marijuana Norman, is a gateway drug, uh, but hey, I, hey, I believe until we get serious with drugs, this okay. will continue. Okay. So two things. You said you believe marijuana is a gateway drug. I know marijuana is a gateway drug. Half of these kids out here, the ones that are not doing anything, they believe that marijuana is harmless. It's not harmless. I don't know what it does to the brain, but I've seen kids uh, that year after year that I have up at my home in the summertime, and they started smoking marijuana, and they're not the same kids, and their lives have gone uh, downhill. But, Norman, here's here's what I want to ask of you before I move on to the phone calls. You said we have a problem with the drugs. So 
So again, another personal situation. A good friend of mine, right? He has to remain nameless. Um, got caught up with crack. And, you know, he's been to rehab a couple of times. And and uh, one, of the, one of the last times we spoke, he said to me, you know, I was on his back, man. You got, you got to stop this. You got to stop doing this. And he said to me, Dominic, he got disgusted. He said, you know what? He said, as a matter of fact, when I get off the phone with you right now, I'm going to get high. So, Norman, when you say we have a problem, how do we deal with something when the individual is determined to keep hurting themselves by using drugs? Well, in New York, in particular in New York and a lot of the blue cities, drugs are really available and they don't crack down on them. And this is where the homeless come. You know, these homeless people that we're seeing on the street, they're not all New Yorkers. They come here because they know drugs are available here. They come here from other places. I mean, you know, that that person you see on the street, he could be from Montana. We don't know where he's from, and they or she, and and they come here because of drugs. Listen, I have a friend. I, I got a friend, and his daughter literally went to California because um, it's warm, and she could be in a tent and do drugs and get food. And you know, they come here because of the easy availability of drugs and and you know as a country we need to get serious with this we we got to make it less available we have to start busting dealers and you know get serious with drugs you know these people they take drugs they you know it's the drugs are that's not part of the equation basically you know we we've decriminalized these drugs i mean i don't think they are yeah, when when the when when these people finally act out and go crazy, as inevitably drug drugged up people do. I don't think do they do they push the do they or do they do anything with them because they're in possession of of heroin or crack? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it seems like you know no, nothing. They they have no um, nothing bad happens to them, and you know it. Uh, at one time, I mean, possession of heroin was a uh, was a major thing. You now are correct. It's like no biggie. You are correct, Norman. I thank you for the call. You are correct for assessment about how at one point, you know, heroin was considered a major crime, and now it's like slap on the wrist. If 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 even that. So I'm looking at some of the emails that I'm receiving. One is from our friend Sal, who listens to the program. He says it looks like Black Lives Matter should be renamed. Black scams matter. Also, for too long, many city council members have thought that being homeless and living on the street is a sign of nobility, courage, and endurance. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain. And how can any responsible elected official say, no, 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 let them keep the uh, homeless encampment? Let let them keep it right in front of uh, what's coming to my mind. Let them keep it right in front of Citibank, and you know, and and we'll we'll adjust. And and I and I know I know Citibank is losing a million dollars a day because customers don't. I'm using Citibank as an example because customers don't want to go in there because customers don't feel safe. But 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 just just let them be. This is New York City. Let them be. That's what the argument sounds like to me. And I, I'm just not getting it, folks. 
Before I take a break, let's go to Carol in Jackson Heights. Good morning, Carol. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Uh, I hope you have an umbrella with you. It started out there already. Oh, um, I, I don't. I don't. Hey, you know what, Carol? I, I shouldn't admit this, but I'm one of the guys that really pays attention to the weather forecast. And and it is what it is. And, you know, I'm lucky if I have on a jacket half the time. But Holy but anyway. Smokes. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll just get in the car and, and head home, and, and that'll be that. Oh, all right. If, as long as nobody's going to see you, then it's okay. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I heard um, – I listen to your station all the time, so it's probably on your station. Um, I heard a show about all of the things that they were doing, and, and Adams was trying to uh, score um, brownie points and all that by cleaning up the homeless camps. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, the, the more I listened, the more I said to myself, that's putting the cart before the horse, because they didn't have any place to put set up already. They didn't have anything set up already to interview them by regular people, by social workers, by psychiatrists or whatever. And and they have to get permission. They can't just throw them into the pokey, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that was not the way to do it. The way to do it was to gradually, you know, indoctrinate them about the idea of rejoining life on a different footing and yada, yada. Some of those people could never be because they've had too much trouble in their life yes. to ever be. Unfortunately. Mentally. Yes. Yes. And, and, and so they need a different kind of help, but there were a lot of people in that in those encampments, excuse me, who were living. They weren't sick. They were eating. They were doing odd jobs and everything. It just looked messy. And the neighborhood people didn't like the unsightly homeless. So our Mr. Mayor was going to clean things up so everything would be beautiful. So they, they had people go in there, tear everything up, all of their personal possessions, throw them in a dumpster. And there they were behaving themselves, not bothering anybody. There weren't any civilian complaints. Or they certainly hadn't been arrested to go into jail but Carol, or anything like that. But, Carol, the only part I disagree with you on is, so, for example, when when I'm driving home uh, in the afternoon and you go up the Harlem River Drive and I'm going to the George Washington Bridge, there are several people standing in the middle lane of the highway trying to um, panhandlers asking for money. I'm sorry, Carol. It's just not appropriate. And 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 you know what? I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I I I appreciate your compassion, but I I just don't want to see it. I I don't. I I feel that we all work hard, right, to, to try and survive. Why should I have to look at that? Why should you have to look at it, Carol? I've got to take a break, but I want you to answer that for me. Why should you? Not me right now. You. Why should you have to look at these homeless encampments? The only thing that I see when I look at them is how they could get them help and better themselves. I'm not worried about looking at them. I can always look away. The point is, he's there. He left them worse off than when he started messing, messing into their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, so now they have no place to go. They have no personal possessions. 
they're they're just as crazy as they were or drug addicted or whatever the issue is. Right, mentally he's, ill. He's just made their life worse. Hmm. And hey. no and, and, and he's not he's not being you know he, he's not worrying about fixing it. He'll just walk away to the next tragedy or problem or whatever. Well, and Carol, those poor people would be. Carol, I, I thank you for the call. I've gone way past our time allotment. We see all the telephone calls, folks. I'm going to try and get to as many of them as we humanly can in 15 minutes. And coming up at the top, Morano, the other side of midnight. More with your telephone calls when we come back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. A man was slashed in the face and neck with a uh, box cutter after an argument over a seat on a Manhattan subway train. This happened Tuesday uh, the 43-year-old victim was attacked on a number four train, a train that I have traveled for years. The train was traveling north near the Wall Street station at about 6 a.m. They got into an argument over a seat, over a seat, before the suspect allegedly pulled out a box cutter and slashed the victim. This incident comes about a week after an ex-cop an ex-police officer was slashed by an attacker at the same station who first spitted him and his wife. We are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to Mitch in the Bronx. Good morning, Mitch. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hello, Dominic. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I would just like to say that with the what's going on now in New York City, uh, it's worse than I've ever seen in my life. And I think, for one thing, they need more police. I mean, that's obvious. But they have to try to uh, get more cops out of the station house, out of headquarters and on the street. You know, I mean, there are police officers who have medical problems, maybe psychological problems, pregnancy, disciplinary reasons why they can't be on patrol. They don't have a – that's understandable. But full-duty police officers who have no – you know, no uh, – nothing preventing them from doing patrol – who have permanent assignments, permanent administrative assignments, those guys should be back on the street. And there's quite a few units I could think of where they staff them with uniformed cops. But they need they need to have them back on the street. They need more auxiliary police. And it, this is very controversial, but maybe they should consider uh, properly training and screening and letting the auxiliary police carry guns while they're on duty. I would have never said that before, but it's really out of control now. The other thing is with the bail reform, Bail reform was necessary, but it was intended for, you know, for nonviolent crimes. And now you have people being released without bail for assault, robbery, attempted, all kind of very serious violent crimes. That's not what the bail reform was supposed to be. And that should be stopped right away. I can't understand why Angela Stewart Cousins and uh, Hasty, Carl Hasty, why they can't understand that. It's, it's, it's obvious, you know. 
So, I mean, we didn't have years ago, we didn't have 12 year olds getting shot in the head and killed while they were eating a meal in the family car. That's that's right. intolerable. Well, so Mitch, I wouldn't keep you, but something needs to be done. We need more police, and we need to stiffen up the laws. We need to reduce the bail reform to only those people who are nonviolent. And they need to give the judges like the thing about dangerousness, considering the dangerousness of the defendant. That's a, that's a must. That's an of absolute course. must. I, I, I won't pick up any more of your time, but I think th- th- that those things need thank to be you. done. Thank you, Mitch. You, you made some great points. One, as you're talking, Mitch, and what I was thinking about this morning, right? Police officers go out there each and every day giving 100% to a city that sometimes does not show them any love, right? Let's be honest about it. You've taken away qualified immunity from them. So when they respond, they got to worry about being sued. Now, would you want to go out 1,000% every day dealing with these disrespectful kids and people and you may end up being sued, would, would, would you want to do that? And so I'll go a step further, Mitch. We need the anti-crime units back. That's the only thing that these, uh, what's the right word for these uh, criminal suspects? Whatever, whatever word you want to put in there, folks. That's the only thing they understand. That's the only thing they understand. Patting them on the head, giving them a grant and welfare and food stamps and and Medicaid. Oh, let's go to Max. Max is in Fort Washington. Good morning, Max. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dom- Dominic. Max here. Patterson Projects, just like you. All right. Um, yeah, I I drive. I picked an overnight shift for the MTA, so I drive the bus. I have no compassion for these guys. These guys get on the bus, they piss, they poop, they do drugs, they panhandle, they harass. And, you know, just as you said, qualified immunity for the police officers. I stopped the police officer, a patrol car that was sitting on 72nd and Broadway two weeks ago. I said, I got a nut on the bus. He's harassing people. He said, Is he, does he have a weapon? Is he being violent? I said, no, but he, he stinks. He, he smells like poop and he's harassing people. He's begging for money. The cop said to me, as long as he's not being violent, please just let him ride. Because if I get on, if I grab this guy and snatch him off the bus and it goes sideways, I could lose my pension. So right. Just, right. just let him ride. Right. As long as he's not being violent, just let him ride. So the only, the, the only good thing about this is that these are the same liberals on the Upper West Side who vote for this crap. So I smile and I let them soak it up because they go, they run off the bus before they stop because they're afraid of these nuts. But they vote for the people that nuts on the street. So, so good for them. So, so Max, I laugh all night long. I, I want to make sure I have this right. I have a lot of calls, but I want to make sure I got this right from you. You're telling me that as a bus driver, sometimes people, or I guess mentally ill people, will poop on the bus? Of course they do. Of course they do. They do whatever they want, and you can't. And, 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 and what's the proper protocol for that? Well, once you smell it, because you're not back there, once you smell it, you call it in, and they'll take the bus out of service. So you're constantly taking buses out of service, and then people complain. Yeah, I waited an hour for the so, bus. So wait, so wait, uh, an entire no an entire bus has to be taken out of service. Yes, it's unsanitary, and they take off their shoes, they pick their feet. It's they're so disgusted. I have no compassion for them at all, and you you have to pick them up. Never mind that they don't pay because nobody pays overnight, but you have to pick them up. 
And if you flag them and if you leave them in the stop and somebody notices, you could get fired. So you pick them up and they're on the bus in the Upper West Side Liberals. I'm so happy because the, the homeless give it to them every night, all night long. They can't stand it, but they vote for the crap that keeps them on the street. So thanks, Dominic. Mm. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate your call and for the uh, information. To our friend Karen in Rockland County, good morning, Karen. What's on your mind? You. I'm uh, well, and I hope you're well. Black Lives Matter. Why don't they put that money to buying million-dollar homes, uh, pay back Seattle or Portland for all the destruction they caused two years ago, or why play, uh, put up playgrounds and community centers for uh, kids so they have somewhere to go after school? You already know the answer to that, Karen. You 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 already know. It's it's about getting paid by any means necessary. And you know what? A lot of these um, alleged leaders they look at it like they are owed something because of their own failures in life that they didn't achieve the goals that they want to. So what they are literally doing is pimping because that's the term, the community, they are literally pimping people that look just like them and they could care less. Show me the money. It's as simple as that, Karen. It's as simple as that. And, and also, uh, you know, he was saying that, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the homes might be using, you know, they said the Black Lives Matter might be using them. The Hasidic Jews do the same thing. In Rockland County, they buy all these homes, and then they say that they're using their basements as schools or, you know, temples or whatever. Same junk, you know. Mm, mm. And they get away with it. Well, I, so. I, I think I thank you for, for, the, uh, for the call, Karen. And I can guarantee you that I'm going to get some emails from people that say why I didn't uh, further challenge uh, the comment that you just made. Um, and I, I do only have five minutes left, and I'm trying to get to as many calls as possible. And Frank Morano is here with me, and I say good morning to you, Frank. Good morning, my friend. What do you have coming up this morning? Well, we're going to be covering this war in Ukraine, uh, as you have been as well. We're going to get into that with uh, Dan Kavalik, who's a very interesting guy. He's a, a left-wing guy, but he was one of the people to call out the whole Russiagate situation, uh, the notion that there was collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign in 2016. He wrote a book about it. He called it The Plot to Scapegoat Russia. So we're going to get his take on the war. And in our uh, continuing effort to solve some of history's unsolved mysteries, we're going to look at the disappearance of Michael Rockefeller, the son of former Vice President, former New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller, who disappeared seemingly out of thin air back in the early 1960s. We're going to talk with uh, the guy that's wrote the book, literally, on that, Carl Hoffman. We'll get into uh, some of the issues that are in this budget uh, that are holding up the uh, budget process, including the issue of whether or not Manhattan is going to get a casino. Uh, legendary singer Bobby Rydell passed away. I got to meet Bobby Rydell a couple of times. I was a big fan of his music. So we'll talk about that. And uh, we'll find a way to have some other fun as well. And uh, I do want to say that was a great segment you did last night as it relates to Governor Hochul and the taxpayer giveaway. Thank you. The Buffalo uh, boondoggle, I yeah, call Yeah, of the Buffalo Bills. So may maybe you and I should own the Bills and, you know, we, we can 
get taxpayers to pay three quarters of the bill. If, to- if our first career aspiration <laughs> of opening a Black Lives Matter chapter doesn't pan out, maybe that can be our secondary career occupation, <laughs> career aspiration. Right? So, so, so if we do the Black Lives Matter thing, mm-hmm. where are we going to buy our mansions at? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking maybe Palm Springs, right? Palm Springs? I'm going to Alpine, New Jersey, and a secondary home in Saddle River. Okay. All right. That sounds good to me. And, sounds and, good and, to me. And Alpine, Colts Neck is big. And, and, but and Alpine, we... Alpine, you're going to need, you're going to need about 25 million. So, Black Lives Matter organizers, you know, get on it. No now. justice, no peace. <laughs> no justice, no peace. Let's uh, let's go. And I hope you folks can hear the uh, the sarcasm because it's really sad in terms of what has happened with these scam artists. You know, Americans giving out of the goodness of their heart, giving money to correct past injustices, and these poverty pimps. Have taken it to a whole oh, yeah. level. Six million dollars. Oh, 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 yeah, it's in a blind trust, but um we're gonna use it um um to benefit the community. Mm-hmm. The the scholars are going to uh come here. The scholars <laughs> that get to sleep in one of those seven bedrooms, <laughs> they benefit. Let's go to Jeff in Suffolk County. Good morning, Jeff. You're talking to Frank and Dominic. Good morning, Dominic. You, you learned me a new word: the poverty pimps. They're very oh, nice. Oh, that—that's that, a word. Them. That's a word that's been around a very, very long time. But go ahead, Jeff. Well, I, I only have a minute left. All right, I got to steal some other guy's thunder. You know what the new name for BLM is? Shoot. Buy large mansions. Mm, that's pretty good. That's <laughs> that, pretty good. That's, pretty that's good. clever. That's that's pretty good. Go, next call. Next call. Go. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. One more time. He said, buy large mansions. Yeah, that's clever. That, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Let's go to uh, Eric in Manhattan. Eric, you got 15 seconds. Please go right ahead. It's good to talk to you again. You, you, you told my idea about the about – the, he's going to have to lock horns and, get, and he's going to have to reinstate – Stop and frisk. It's a skewed way they look at things. The ultra liberals. Oh, leave the homeless there because it's cool to move them. Don't you don't want to stop and frisk people because it's you know it's it's cruel. It's, you know, but but, but you got to get things done. It's it's, it's backwards way of looking looking at things. It's a city of ivory black uh, uh, glass houses on top of ivory towers. Okay, you know? Eric, I, I'm it, sorry it, you had to rush, but we are completely out of time. Dominic Carter here with you folks. I will be back again tomorrow, same time, same station. Keep it right there. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.